Chapter 30 of The Story of the World, A Simple History for Boys and Girls. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Wayne Cook. The Story of the World, A Simple History for Boys and Girls, by Elizabeth O'Neill. Chapter 30. Christopher Columbus. Christopher Columbus was only fourteen years old when he first went to sea. His father was a weaver at Genoa, and wanted his son to be a weaver too, but Christopher loved the sea passionately, and in the end his father let him be a sailor instead. Columbus learned all he could about the sea and ships, and he came to this conclusion, which seemed so strange to the people of his time, that the world was round. When he was twenty-eight years old, he went to Lisbon, the capital of Portugal, to learn what he could there, and it was six years after this that he went to the court to get help from the king, who had done so much for sailors and ships. The king listened, as Columbus gave his reason for believing that at the other end of the Atlantic land would be found. He told how pieces of wood, carved in strange ways, had been carried to the shores of Europe by the west wind. This, he said, showed that in land to the west of the Atlantic there were men who had carved this wood. He told them, too, how once the dead bodies of two men, quite different from any Europeans, had been found, and how, on the west coast of Ireland, strange plants grew up, whose seeds must have been carried by the wind from some country much warmer than Ireland. The counsellors of the king persuaded him not to trust Columbus, and got him to send off some ships to sail some distance west on the Atlantic to see if they really did come to any signs of land. The ships were caught in a storm and soon came back, but when Columbus heard of this he felt that he had been insulted and would have nothing more to do with the Portuguese. Columbus himself was always very polite to other people. He now went to the king and queen of Spain, the famous Ferdinand and Isabella. Ferdinand had been king of Aragon and Isabella queen of Castile when they married each other. Aragon and Castile were the two great Christian states formed besides Portugal in the struggle with the Moors. When Ferdinand and Isabella married, their two kingdoms together covered nearly the whole of Spain. Both Ferdinand and Isabella were people of strong character and clever. They made up their minds to drive the Saracen rulers right out of Spain. There was only the little kingdom of Granada left to the Moors, and against this Ferdinand fought. He led his armies himself, while Isabella looked after the government of his country and her own. Granada was taken, and the Moorish rulers sadly gave up this kingdom and went to Africa. And so, at last, Spain, after a struggle of hundreds of years, became a united country like France or England. The Moors who remained in Spain were allowed to follow their own religion. But two centuries afterwards they were driven out of Spain altogether. It was then to this great king and queen that Columbus went to tell his tale when he was insulted by the Portuguese. But the king and queen were busy in these years fighting the Moors, and it was not until the year 1491 that Columbus was allowed to see them in their camp near Granada. They also thought his ideas were mad, and he left them sadly. 
but some of his friends persuaded Queen Isabella to help him, and when she began to understand how splendid a thing this might be, she declared she would sell all her jewels and what were necessary to help him. In the same year the Granada fell, Columbus started out in a Spanish ship on his strange voyage. He had received the title of Admiral, and his ship was called the Santa Maria. Two other ships went too, the Nina and the Pinta. The sailors were very frightened. It had been very hard to get anyone to go. Even as they left the shore, many of them wept, and when they had passed the Canary Islands and were out of sight of land altogether, they even spoke to each other of rebelling. Some said that it would be best to throw the mad admiral into the sea and sail back to Spain. Columbus knew all this, but he remained quiet and brave as he always was. He had learned to bear disappointment in all these weary years while he had been waiting for help in his great plan. He spoke to the men and tried to make them interested, like himself, in the voyage. After a while even the sailors began to see that land was near. Birds which belonged to the land were seen and heard round the ship. There was plenty of floating seaweed which must have come from some shore, and best proof of all there was a branch of a tree with red berries on it. At last one night Columbus saw a light, and the next day they landed on a beautiful island covered with grass and with many trees. In the evening before, when the men knew that at last they were close to land, the sailors of the Pinta had struck up the great Latin hymn of thanksgiving called the Te Deum. There were dark-skinned natives watching Columbus as he planted the flag of Spain on the shore, set up a large cross, and took possession of the island in the name of the King of Spain. The island which Columbus had discovered was one of the Bahama Islands in the West Indies off the coast of America. So Columbus, without knowing it, had discovered America, that great new continent to which in after years so many thousands of people from Europe, especially from England, were to swarm. The discovery of this little island by Columbus was the greatest thing that has happened in modern history. But Columbus himself only knew that he had come round to land on the other side of the great sea, which people had thought reached to the end of the world. Columbus sailed to one island after another, always looking for the gold and spices which he wanted to take home from India to the king and queen. The Santa Maria struck on a rock off the island of Haiti and was wrecked. Columbus and his sailors went on board the Nina. It was not big enough to hold them all, so a little colony was left behind on the island, while Columbus, with two ships left, started back to Spain. On the way great storms arose, and the Pinta went down with all its men. Columbus was in despair because he thought his ship would be wrecked too, and no one would ever know in Spain that he had really found land on the other side of the Atlantic. So he wrote on parchment an account of all his adventures, wrapped it up in a waxed cloth so that the water could not get through to spoil it, and put it in a barrel, hoping that it would be washed up on the coast of Europe. But he got safely back to Spain after all. As he sailed into the mouth of the Tagus, Bartholomew Diaz, the other great explorer, went on board to talk to Columbus. Then Columbus went to Seville, the capital of Spain, and people crowded to see him riding past with the parrots and bright-colored birds which he had brought back, and with six natives who had come back with him too. 
From Seville he went on to Barcelona, where he was received with great joy by the king and queen. Three times more Columbus sailed to the West Indies, and once he reached South America, from whence he brought back beautiful pearls. A Spanish town called Isabella was set up in the island of Haiti, and it was ruled by the brother of Columbus. From his third voyage Columbus was brought home a prisoner in chains. The king and queen had heard that he had been unjust to the settlers and cruel to the natives, but this was not true. When Columbus, now a white-haired old man, weary and worn, threw himself weeping at her feet, Isabella knew that he had been misjudged. Once more he was given ships and sailors, and so set out on his fourth voyage. When he got back the queen was dead, and in a few years Columbus died too, very poor and friendless at the last, in spite of the great work he had done. He died at the beginning of the sixteenth century, a time in which the great results of his discovery were to be seen. This century and the next had many splendid and heroic sailors, but none so great as Columbus. End of chapter 30